And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carney and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. You know, this is really, this is a fascinating story. You know, we talk about the culture wars, mm-hmm. but we forget about when the culture wars get mixed in with the, uh, the huh, economic world. And yeah. as you know, we've talked about it before. The uh, the, the companies and uh, that uh, uh, have agreed to the uh, you know the whole ESG investing, mm. which is environmental, social, and 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 governance orthodoxy, which means uh, basically we're going to invest in companies that are leftist social justice for for leftist social justice causes, including many of these investment firms uh, into following the Paris Accord. And you just had Vanguard's Tim Buckley, the Wall Street Journal, writing about it, uh, who uh, challenged the asset management industrial, uh, excuse me, management industries, environmental, social, and governance orthodoxy. Uh, our research indicates that ESG investing does not have any advantage over broad-based investing, Mr. Buckley said in a recent interview with with the Financial Times, matching word to his deeds. His comments came after he had withdrawn his firm from the $59 trillion Net Zero Asset Managers Initiative, an organization that is part of the $150 trillion United Nations-affiliated Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. Both alliances are committing to restricting their investments over time to companies that are compliant uh, with the Paris Agreement's objective of a net zero Grasshouse, grasshouse uh, gas emissions by nineteen, or excuse me, by twenty fifty. Mister Buckley claims the financial world, swept up in climate change fervor, cannot make such commitments without reneging on its fiduciary duties. Hmm. Duh. Uh, his assertions uh, might not mean much if he were a small hedge fund manager or climate change denier he is neither depending on how and when you measure vanguard is the largest or second largest asset manager in the world 
pulling his firm out of the world's largest association of financial institutions dedicated to net zero goals should have seismic implications. What is it that Mr. Buckley knows that so many others don't? Hmm. For one thing, he understands it's difficult for active managers to beat broad indexes as most ESG funds promise. In investing, you get what you don't pay for. As Vanguard's founder, John Bogle, observed, intelligent investors will use low-cost index funds to build a diversified portfolio, and they won't be foolish enough to think that they can consistently outsmart the market. Oh, Hmm. oh, oh. Mr. Buckley effectively claims that the uh, uh, ESG... Uh, as we like to say, mm-hmm. uh, liberal, uh, uh, social, well, actually it's environmental, social, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, hang on here, uh, governance orthodoxy, which right. means social justice. Right. Uh, he's, he effectively claims that um, uh, ESG managers are playing the fool and taking their clients' money with them. No, there, we've seen this before. We've seen this before, where corporations jump into something, and then within a year or two, they back out and go, oh, yeah, we're we're going to not be doing that. Black Lives Matter. Yep. And how much money was spent? Because at the end of it, it's going to be this. For a publicly traded company, it's going to be, what is the shareholder going to get? What are you worried? What are you worried about when it when it comes to profits? What are you as a company designed to do? Well, you're designed to be profitable, and if you're going to bring in all this wokeness as a part of your policy as a company, expect that's going to affect your bottom line, and expect that people will turn their backs. The, here's the thing. Corporations thought they were going to find allies, that they were going to, and this is why I think they they did it, and they jumped in with Black Lives Matter, and they 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 take on a lot of woke things, but they will do a lot of marketing things along the way that they know appeal to people because it makes them look like a a good steward in their community. Well, the problem is with these things is that they are clearly there. To create more division, they are these these types of policies that the far left is pushing for inside the uh, the the corporate handbooks is what they believe they're going to get so that they can have greater control over these corporations and put greater pressure on them for their agenda. It doesn't work that way because. You can't just throw money at something that's not going to get you more money in return without facing consequences as a company. Uh, Terrence Keeley wrote this column in an op-ed piece for the Wall Street Journal. He's CEO of 1.6 LLC and author of Sustainable Moving Beyond ESG to Impact Investing. And you and I talked about this when ESG first came out again. If you're going to be an investor, if you're going to be an investment group, you've got to practice diversification. Yeah. Sorry, but that's what you have to do. Right. Because that way you limit your damage and you hope to get consistent growth over a long period of uh, of 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 time. And the this may be the best one of the best 
lines ever written mm. on ESGs. Uh, last year, tech stocks fell by more than three. Thir- excuse me, by thirty percent, while the uh, in, while the energy sector, including oil and gas firms, gained sixty percent. Yet, because of their net uh, zero pledge, ESG funds continue to overweight the former and underweight the latter. Where, rather than brace diversification and own a market weighted amount of everything, this may here's the line right here. Mm. ESG funds practice diversification in in quotes yeah. hmm. diversification so they yeah. made up a word for that right clinging to a restricted list of companies and hoping for the best it's what you and i said a long time ago you can't do that as you you're not going to be able to make money for your clients and they're going to look at this and go i'm going to go over there and make money over there i'm going to vanguard now I'm not going to stick with you folks well what that's it and, and with any company that's going to take this on as a matter of practice you have to measure your return. You know, there are some things that the makers of products can look at and they can say, we got behind something and when we did, it increased our sales. Uh, you saw with with uh, Colin Kaepernick and Nike. Nike actually saw uh, an increase. Now, I don't know if that increase has stayed. I don't know if that's maintained. I haven't heard that Nike is in peril, (laughs) insolvent. As far as I know, their profits are still there. But when you look to, to jump onto something, those things have to be measured. So, okay, we're going to get behind it because this. Well, there's a small company named Disney that decided they were going to go down the woke path and that they were going to, they thought, take on the mean far right. And what they were really taking on were the parents, the ones who take their hard earned money because their kids help direct them to the parks that they own and the entertainment they provide and they spend that hard-earned money, and that's where it costs them. Well, you know, it's it's really incredible because you can say that, you know, you look at this here with the ESGs, and I'm glad you brought up Disney and his example for how insane they'll be. And, you know, for example, we go back to Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and the lie about police departments mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, the the fact that all these companies followed right along with it. Right. And, and they were following the uh, LeBron James who would lie or not know what happened in a particular situation and make an assumption that helped to inflame riots. Right. And you think of the, you know, the corruption that we've now seen in black lives matter and now industry won't touch them. Right. But it was obvious, you know, you tread carefully before you do that. You think about Disney and we told the story yesterday that that's in uh, DeSantis's book about the Disney CEO chap had called him and they talked and he said, he doesn't want to be involved in politics at all, but we can't beat this. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you talking about? If you actually read the bill and you see the bills talks about teaching sexualized content to kids 
in kindergarten, five years old, six years old, seven-year-olds, and you can't fight that as Disney, then get out. Yeah. If you can't see that if you endorse this bill, how you will cost your stockholders a ton of money, then you need to get out because that's where your fiduciary responsibility, that's where it lies yep. with your stockholders. Yep. It just shows you how incredibly warped some of these CEOs are that can they can be influenced by things that if you had any type of self-awareness whatsoever, you would run. You know, you and I had the discussion yesterday. He wanted to stay out of the politics uh, in it. You said probably would have stayed better, you know, to just stay out of it completely. Right. And just not mention it whatsoever and say we just don't get involved in in politics everybody's welcome right uh but, it, it, right. In, in disney world and disneyland but then there might be some blowback oh so you're not going to take a stance on the fact of teaching sexualized content you just say no no we're just not commenting on what we believe because that's not what we're selling we're selling right. innocent fun to kids but even if you did decide to get involved in it because you thought there was no choice we need to fight this 95% of parents are going to be on your side saying it's about damn time Disney took a stand for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know it reminded me sort of 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 uh what is the um oh the story about um uh uh you know is Santa Claus real and remember Santa Claus goes to court mm. and everything else and you know do you believe in you know do you believe in Santa do you believe in children and 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 all that miracle on um, 34th 34th street. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's what you should have done. We believe in kids, and we will not, you know, if that's up That's up to the parents what to do. We provide innocent entertainment, and we certainly aren't going to be advocating the fact that uh, that sexualized content of any form should be taught in the schools to kids kindergarten to third grade. We stand for the innocence of children, and that's what we want to bring to the world. Mm-hmm. I can see just like on Miracle on 34th Street, they scan the streets of New York, and there's all those thousands of people cheering because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you can't you can't win this. Instead, they bought into the "Don't Say Gay" that was a lie, right? Complete lie, and decided to go to war with right. parents. And DeSantis told him it. Yep, he said, "What you're fighting is a narrative that isn't real." Right, and he still went aboard there. So you see this here, and he says, um, most importantly, here for the ESGs. Mr. Buckley understands that progress towards net zero emissions doesn't depend on how people invest. Think about that. Politicians and regulators have a central role to play in setting the ground rules to achieve a just transition. Betting his clients' money on politicians and regulators to consistently do the right thing would be irresponsible. There is a receding chance the globe will be at net zero by 2050. No one should promise to base his entire investment strategy on such odds. Wow. Well, and I mean, they're, they're crazy. I'm, I'm sorry. They're crazy. Well, because they're, here's, they're crazy. Here's the, here's the thing. If you're going to measure, you know, if, uh, if, if, because they want you to believe that the markets are measuring companies through ESG. It's it's like a pledge. Well, did you did you sign the pledge? Are you getting? Why aren't you wearing the ribbon? <laughs> Imagine that you pay money to go to a you know 
um, a sports arena, you're going to watch a game. Well, wait a minute. We need you to pledge that you're going to behave yourself, that you're not going to break the law while you're here. We need, well, I don't need to pledge that. I'm, I'm not, I've got a ticket and I'm going to sit down, get a, I'll get a hot dog and a drink. I'm going to cheer on my team. What did I miss? What they're doing is, because if you think about it, they're, they're telling these companies, you've got to commit to this. If not, you're going to be judged much differently. We're going to carve you out as a pariah. That's the threat. You're not going to engage in this kind of behavior. If you're not going to be part of it, then we'll make sure you don't benefit. This is cancel culture on a massive, wide scale. And they're trying to make it seem like something noble. Yeah. And it's, you know, look, the investors environmental, are, social and look. government governance. And, and they want you to believe that, well, it's a noble idea. Everybody's on board. Well, tell me who is, tell me who is saying, well, no, we're going to go in and steal people's money. Companies are in it to make money. Investors are in it to make money. Investors are in it to make money. And if you're trying to tell the world that, well, we're going to measure you uh, and, and your earnings and everything else based on ESG and participation in that, that's going to, that's going to go as well as the whole Black Lives Matter deal went it's going to go down in flames Eight six six ninety red eye a rare weather occurrence this past weekend heavy snows in southern california extremely rare heavy snow high winds first blizzard warning issued by the national weather service office in los angeles since 1989 and the first blizzard warning ever issued for the mountains of far southern california coming out of the national weather service office in san diego because of the high winds gusting to 60 to 80 miles per hour or higher tough to measure the snow but it did accumulate many many feet in some of the higher peaks of southern california usda meteorologist brad rip says this system is the first in what is expected to be another week of active weather in the Golden State. The previous system was also unusual in that its path moved from north to south, starting in Alaska, bringing heavy snows across the west coast and adding accumulations to already high mountain snowpack levels. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price 
you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, if you would like uh, to get in. Latest uh, polling on uh, some polling on Hunter Biden. We'll get to that here in a little bit, and also uh, following the bottom of the hour. And also the Greater Idaho Movement. We talked about secession after yeah. uh, uh, MTG talked about it. Mm-hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene about the blue states should secede from the red states. And we said, hmm, what's going on with Oregon and those counties? Well, we have more on that. And you see, you saw the uh, uh, the story on Tom Sizemore, the actor. Yeah, uh, a word coming out in recent hours uh, that that uh, story is from Fox News and other sources that doctors have said that there's really nothing more they can do for him. Yep. And that the family at this point needs to make plans for end of life. And uh, I don't know what that means specifically, but uh, with a brain aneurysm, um, you know, that's, you know, again, there was it, the, the news seemed to be bleak in the beginning. And in recent hours learning that uh, if that story is accurate, doctors are telling the family to prepare. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe... You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just threaten people. <laughs> That's right. Hey, since everything else in our society is coercion, why right. can't we use it? We'll, we'll name call, we'll, we'll demonize you if you don't download the app. <laughs> if you don't download the app, you hate animals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Puppies and kittens. That's right. Well, when Marjorie Taylor Greene, it was when she uh, did the tweet. It was after the State of the Union address, I believe it was. Mm, yeah. On 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 the blue states seceding from the red states, and we said, "Well, it's it's never going to happen." Uh, you know that is uh, we we've seen it before. I mean, we've been talk show hosts long enough to know that, it, that that's what happens when people get frustrated 
And there are major differences between the political parties right now. Uh, you had the governor of Arkansas uh, when she gave the response to the State of the Union say it's not between Democrat or Republican or right versus left. It's about common sense versus insanity. And when you see the liberal transgender activist movement out there, when you see critical race theory, when you see the divisiveness of identity politics, judging people by groups and not individuals, as the Democratic Party is now it's now mainstream there, you look at it and you say the policies and the basic mindset is insanity. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, it's why people look and say, well, where's the compromise? And if you can't have compromise anymore, if compromise is impossible, you know, where's the compromise on free speech? Well, no, we just want to, we want to uh, just, well, we believe in free speech, not just hate. We don't believe in hate speech. What's hate speech? Things that offend me. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the, that's the whole concept of free speech. And there is no compromising on, on that. So, you know, that's what happens when, when people get frustrated uh, we had mentioned during that discussion, and it was a great discussion, uh, about the Oregon situation. I said, hey, what's going on with the, uh, the, uh, the states or the counties in Oregon? Well, the campaign to have rural eastern Oregon effectively secede from the blue state and join more conservative Idaho is gaining steam. Not a lot of steam. Mm. But still, I was, oh, wow, they actually got to this point is gaining steam as leaders from both states express support for relocating the border between them. Former Oregon House Speaker Mark Simmons penned an op-ed in the Idaho Statesman, a daily newspaper over the weekend, to explain why he supports the so-called Greater Idaho Movement that seeks to incorporate about 13 Oregon counties or 63% of the state's landmass, 9% of its population, within Idaho's borders. Idaho would have the satisfaction of freeing rural conservative communities from the progressive blue state law, wrote Simmons. Um, We are dismayed by the manner in which Oregon government has marginalized our values and villainized our resource-based livelihoods. That is why our counties voted 75% Republican last year. Idaho voted 67% Republican. Uh, Simmons described how Oregon stores are selling drugs near Idaho communities and hurting the quality of life in the area, explaining that moving the state line would force drug shops away from most of Idaho's population, and help eastern Oregonians. Uh, These counties would help maintain rural values in the Idaho legislature, values of faith, family, and self-reliance. All of eastern Oregon has voted against marijuana legalization and the decriminalization of hard drugs. Mm. Simmons' op-ed came after Idaho's House of Representatives earlier this month passed a resolution not to move the Idaho-Oregon border, but rather to call for formal talks between the state legislatures about relocating the boundary line. Hmm. It's unclear if the bill will pass the Idaho Senate, but the chamber is, like the state's house, dominated by Republicans. Matt McCaw, a spokesperson for the Greater Idaho Group, said he's confident the measure will pass, expressing optimism 
about the movement's goals amid skepticism from many people. When you have a new idea, there's always a lot of people that will roll their eyes. They think it's silly to dismiss it. When we started out uh, this two years ago, I would get uh, that a lot, like, this will never happen. Why are you wasting your time? Others have expressed doubt, including lawmakers who voted for the measure approving talks. The reality is I don't believe this will ever happen, said Idaho Republican Representative Lance Clow. Uh, you have, in order to get this done, by the way, moving the Idaho-Oregon border would require the approval of both state legislatures as well as a U.S. Congress. Despite the support of Idaho lawmakers, the idea may face greater resistance in the Democrat-controlled Oregon legislature, and it will. They're not going to give up 63% of the state. All right. That's why it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So, there you go. Still proponents of Greater Idaho note that 11 counties in eastern Oregon have voted for ballot measures to explore the move, and that according to some polling, uh, uh, the people in Idaho would welcome expanding the state boundary in Oregon. Meanwhile, polling has shown roughly an equal number of voters support and oppose the idea with about one-fifth of the population undecided. There you go. I'm not surprised that that it's Oregon. You know, mm-hmm. I've said this since I lived in Oregon for three years. It is really a unique state. Yeah. And as I said, uh, uh, I lived uh, I lived uh, in in Portland, but technically lived in Portland, but over the top of Sylvan Hill, which means I had the <laughs> I had the wilderness buffer between myself and downtown. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I found it, I found Portland to be one of the most interesting states because, for example, if you get inside of, you know, you, you know inside of Eugene uh, or uh, inside of Portland, I mean, you're talking, as I said, you're, you're talking anarchist fascist and then you move out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and it's not exactly this way, but it's what it feels like. It's like the anarchist fascist. Mm-hmm. Uh, anarchist fascist terrorists uh then you have communist then you have hard you know then you have light communist and then you and you're moving a, a mile out <laughs> then you have uh uh, uh communist light <laughs> v- 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 <laughs> very dedicated socialist uh-huh. mild socialist you know uh democrat democrat light republican by the time you get 40 miles 50 miles out it's get the hell out of my face, mm-hmm. <laughs> libertarian. Mm-hmm. It's an extremely unique state uh, that has that has widely differing opinions in the rural areas from what is inside Portland or inside uh, inside Salem. Yeah. Uh, it really is just, you're, you're not Salem, uh, Eugene, um, uh, you know, uh, Eugene, University of Oregon, things like that. Right. I mean, the mindset is just... Miles away, miles away. In fact, at times, like I said, when I moved to Portland, I lived actually, you know, in the city of Portland. It was like the furthest I've been away from the United States while living in the United States. But I go to Eastern Oregon. I go to Hood River. You know, you go any of the places out there. It's like, oh, okay. We have the same ideology. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so different, though. It's a very, very unique place. You know, I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to ask my, uh, my, my great friend and uh, old colleague, Lars Larson, mm-hmm. you know, well, if they separate, you're, you know, oh, wait a minute. I think he's living in Washington State. So he's, I think oh. he's technically in Is Washington. Is he commuting now? I think he's in Washington State. Yeah, All right. So, okay. Okay. Well, then he's already on his way. <laughs> he's seceded on his own. <laughs> well, but you look at the <laughs> how the cultures, and we, we, we talked about this. It is, <laughs> it's not unique for a state to have different cultures within it. But if you look at Oregon... Um, it's one of those where it does go from far, far, far left to far right. Look, we have Austin, but it's a um, what? What do they call it? Uh, keep Austin weird, the way they say it. No, they have that Portland. Too, it's yeah. it's it's liberal. It's not Portland, and. That's the difference when you get into, you know, I mean, Portland, you could probably right now. Even though, to, even though Austin's really working hard for defunding the police. Yeah, they have been for having, quite some time. Yeah. Um, but they're still Texas. <laughs> and, you know, it. <laughs> they would like to secede, but, yeah, they've got other things to do. Um, but, you know, you, you look at, at Portland and you, you could really carve out Portland as arguably the most liberal city. Tell me where I'm wrong on that. Well, since I once lived uh, in Western New York and Buffalo is considered one of the most liberal cities, but it's not. Mm -hmm. It may be, Buffalo may be uh, fiscally liberal in a fiscally liberal state, but it is quite socially conservative Mm -hmm. even other major cities like new york city and los angeles yes they're liberal yes they're blue but there is something deeper all the way down to the rank and file the people well literally on the street in portland remember the mayor and the city council during Mm -hmm. the riots Mm -hmm. they sounded like they wanted the city of portland destroyed right you don't get that. You know, you didn't get that. You didn't get that, for example, and, I, and I'm using Buffalo because I lived there and and they were vote, a couple times voted as the most liberal city. And I went, no, they're not, you know, because even if they're Democrats and it's a Democrat run city, they are socially conservative. And even the mayor, you know, when it came to the Molotov cocktail going into uh, the city hall, all hell broke loose at that point. Right. I remember the the activists and the cops where he claimed he was pushed over and those cops were exonerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they backed and they did back the cops right. in there. There is right. it's not the same. It's not the they may be liberal, but I here's the difference. Being liberal is one thing, being insane liberal, as we've seen that evolution over the last five or six years, that's the difference. Because it is it is in more concentrated form, really, if you look at, at Portland. And and Portland, it was in, it, it it was insane when I was there twenty five years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, by you comparison know, with with, yeah. the, with the radicals, right. I'm talking the about further the radical left. Yeah, the yeah. further thing, the further that things on the left go left, <laughs> the more radical Portland becomes. I, I could see the P 
people of Oregon saying, look, we want out. We want to be able to, you know, elect a governor. We want to be able to, you know, as a state. But uh, quite frankly. And, 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 and that's, that's, why I say, that's why I think it's even gotten to this point is because it's the one place, you know, in the United States where you're talking about a difference of ideology that is completely concentrated in one small area and the vast majority of the state that may be a minority of the population, but the geographical area is absolutely di- – I mean, you probably can't find a place where it's almost 180 degrees opposite. Yeah. And right. so it doesn't surprise me that if there's going to be that push, it would be in Oregon. It's almost like they've got their own San Andreas fault. <laughs> right? Yes. That line. And there's well, that definite shift. Technically, they do have the Cascades. That, I yep. mean, that, yep. <laughs> 866 Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red Eye Radio app. Available on Android and iPhone. Download it now from the App Store or by visiting us at RedEyeRadioShow.com. Eric and Gary, for the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier, it uses proven oxy technology, quickly destroys odors. You'll love it. I love it. In fact, with over 265... It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right. Uh, new poll published Sunday shows 73% of registered voters believe Hunter Biden did something illegal or unethical in his uh, business dealings in Ukraine and China. The poll conducted by Beacon Research and Sean Company Research between February 19th and the 22nd uh, showed that 37% believe that Biden did something illegal, 36% unethical, uh, 18% that he didn't do anything wrong and 9% they don't know. So that's how you get to the 70 73% of registered voters believe Hunter Biden did something illegal or unethical in Ukraine. That's the problem the president has. Why? Because the Democrats first response to me giving you that poll number was Hunter Biden's not president. Everything he does relates to enriching the Biden family, which leads you right to influence peddling. Yep. Which does involve the yep. the president, so it's not separate. They try to keep it separate by just saying it's Hunter Biden. It's Hunter Biden. The View would do that, <laughs> but right. what's the point of the View? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly that article that was written earlier that we right. uh, told you about. So yeah. Uh, yeah. that's the problem politically the president has there. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.